Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us on localjobnetwork.com radio. I'm your host, Tim Muma. This is Executive Decisions, where we discuss items pertaining to the higher levels of employment, whether it be executives, owners, or entrepreneurs. Today, we're taking a look at women taking on these upper-level roles as the progress seems to have somewhat reached a plateau as females are only making up about 15% of the boards within Fortune 500 companies. Now, to talk about facilitating some sort of change to help push women into these positions, we have Marla Tabaka on the phone, an individual with 25 years of corporate experience, startup, and entrepreneurial experience as well. Marla, thanks for coming on the show today. Well, Tim, it's just a pleasure to be here. Thanks so much for inviting me. Oh, definitely glad to have you on, and and it is an interesting subject. And before we get into the the meat of everything, just want to give our listeners an idea of where you're coming from professionally and a little bit of your background. Oh, absolutely. Well, I started my career as a receptionist at NBC Television here in Chicago. Oh, nice. And uh, yeah, it was it was a really, really fun career, Tim. And I spent 21 years growing up there at NBC. And when I left, I was the director of multimedia productions. And uh, I left the industry and went to a mid-sized corporation and took charge of a new venture for them, uh, sort of a, a tech wing, if you will, mm-hmm. and uh, managed some pretty large accounts there, but didn't like it, just didn't like it. <laughs> and so I decided it was time to really take a different path, and I opened a coffee house here in Naperville. It's a large volume, large-scale coffee house, and it was a wonderful, wonderful four years. And it was during that time that I met my first coach. Hmm. And when I realized the impact that coaching could have on a life and business, and so my coach ended up mentoring me into the world of coaching, and I haven't looked back. That was, gosh, 10 years ago. Wow, that, that's that's pretty cool. I mean, and, and the fact that you sort of were introduced to it and that led you into to where you were going. Now, the title we're using for this particular episode I did steal from you is the idea of leading like a woman. And generally speaking, I guess, what does that mean to you? What does it look like? What does it sound like? Where did that come from in terms of that phrase? Leading like a woman. Well, you know, Tim, women have been taught to leave behind many of their feminine qualities in leadership. And and that's simply because, I mean, that's no one's fault. It's simply because the pre, our previous experience with top-level management has been with men. And so what else do we know? And so when women started entering the professional fields, they were taught that you have to act like a man and dress like a man mm-hmm. and, and think like a man and speak like a man, and that's just not right. Women are leaving behind too many of their feminine qualities in leadership, and it's those qualities that can really balance out a top-notch leader and, and take a company to its greatest potential. You know, and this subject obviously comes up in different situations and different industries. Um, and, and even with you speaking there, I think some people listening might think, oh, I don't, are we okay talking about this? Because some people wonder, are there concerns about using that phrase even and talking about women's qualities versus men qualities that you're, you're creating this gender bias, you're creating stereotypes. What, what's your thought on that in terms of actually separating men and women with some of their qualities? Yeah, and so I like to refer to it as feminine and masculine qualities. Okay. We all have those. Um, everybody has that, you know, it's that yin-yang sure. balance thing, right? We all have masculine and feminine qualities. And in my opinion, the most powerful leaders, men and women, have an equal balance of those masculine and feminine qualities. Uh, many men would do really well to lead more like a woman in certain instances. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, the male and female brains are really different. And men can compartmentalize, right? Mm. They had to. Because those cavemen couldn't be thinking about their lovely, sexy wives back home <laughs> while they were running a business, running from dinosaurs and hunting dinner, right? Yeah, you got to be focused, they, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And women can mentally multitask and easily use both sides of their brains in their decision making. So men can tend to be more black and white because of that compartmentalizing, right? And women can be seen as overly emotional in their decision-making since they're accessing that right emotional side of their brain. But I don't think that women have to act like men. I think that they need to learn to balance their thoughts and consider the big picture and be willing to take emotional and logical risk and, before voicing their opinions and, and making critical decisions. Well, it is interesting, and, and you know, I, when I contacted you about coming on the show, and, and obviously this this topic itself, um, you had talked about the idea of women leading, being in these high level positions, entrepreneurs, owners. Um, that just overall, in your experience, you found it maybe amongst women in general, maybe just overall the population that it's sort of it can be a confusing and intriguing idea. And I, can you elaborate a little bit on on why you feel it's a confusing or intriguing type topic? Yeah, well, for me, Tim, it's intriguing because I love the study of brain science or mm. neuropsychology as well as personality and learning styles. But understanding the difference between how men and women act, learn, and communicate differently and that our actions and reactions are not solely based on emotions or lack of them can be very confusing. Women in business have been taught to suppress those feminine qualities, you know, don't make emotional decisions, which means don't follow our intuition. Hmm. And we know that intuition can be a leading, guiding, and very powerful force. And so to shut that down is shutting down a very, very natural part of ourselves as true as, as, as breathing. So it does send very mixed messages to women uh, when when we're out there trying to teach them to lead like men. Sure. Is that the biggest factor then that you've seen in, in recent years maybe where, um, you know, again, that progress hasn't really pushed forward to a point where numbers start balancing out, so to speak? Is it really just the perception and, and the way we're teaching people to be leaders? Yeah, I think I think Tim the the problem is that we haven't we don't have role models. Hmm. We don't have much experience sure. in this realm, right? I mean, 16% of women, you know, in the boardroom. That's in Fortune 500, those leading positions max out at 16%. And you know, it's it's also really interesting that Women in the U.S. make up nearly 51% of the population, but hold only 16% of the seats in Congress and actually rank 71st in female legislation in the world. We're behind countries like Bangladesh and Sudan. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, that's kind of scary and shocking. And so we don't have, we don't have those guidelines to go by. And I think that more and more, Women are realizing their power, and men are accepting that power and accepting that balance that women can bring to the boardroom. Well, let's start talking about some specifics and maybe areas where um, those challenges are evident, uh, whether they're from the outside or from internally. Uh, one area that does come up a lot, and you know, it's a it's a general belief I think that people do tend to uh, see in different situations, are that 
women tend to tear each other down and maybe are a little unfair to each other, even more so than you know, the stereotypical boys club kind of idea. What's your opinion on, on women on women crime, so to speak? Well, Tim, personally, I like that term, women on women crime. I like that. <laughs> I, I personally would point to the standards that society imposes upon us. Okay. You know, did you know that, that more money is spent on beauty products than on education in this country? I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, sadly, and, I could believe it, though. Yeah, you know, like, and then, you know, everything we look at points to this this picture-perfect model that women especially have to be. And it's everywhere. It's even in our fictional novels. The other day I was reading a a novel, and the main character, who was a woman, referred to her female cousin as obese. And then she said, at a size 14. Mm -hmm. I mean, really obese? Mm-hmm. A size 14? That's not obese. That's 25 or 35 pounds overweight. Mm -hmm. And society just imposes such standards on us that we can't live up to them. And you know, even commercials for senior citizens, you see these beautiful, perfect people. And so what do we do when we're under pressure and feeling less than perfect, right? We try to bring others down to our level. It makes us feel better to think that no one else is better than us or no one else is achieving something um, more amazing than we are. And uh, it's, it's not pretty, but it happens. And it's simply to make ourselves feel better. I guess what's the solution? How do how do you start to overcome this, and how do you really focus the attention, whether it be among women or men, also uh, on what's important when you're leading? And it's it's not what you look like, obviously, it's what you can do. Well, I think the first step, Tim, is to really look at the real picture of who we are. You know, women especially, and and men too, really, really suffer from something called the imposter syndrome. And, and that's basically where we feel that we've achieved our status and, and whatever we've achieved in life through a series of just lucky incidences and anyone could have done it and I don't have what it takes to be here and what if they find out that I'm faking it. Mm-hmm. And so to take a look at yourself and to really, really understand and embrace your positive qualities and who you are and and to to accept who you are, and then you can more naturally step into that leadership role once you understand that you deserve it, that you deserve to be there, that everything you know isn't just simply based on common sense that everybody else possesses. <laughs> <laughs> well, another area, and I think it plays into that pretty well as far as knowing yourself and, and understanding what you bring to the table is, and you mentioned it right off the top, the idea that the perception to move up, to be a leader, to be in these executive roles is to think, speak, act like a man. Obviously, we, we know what you think about that. So I guess in trying to break away from that, what's just your general thought on um, how we can perpetuate the idea that, hey, that, that's that you don't have to think that way. And you touched on a little bit with the emotion side, but I wonder if you could get into a little more detail how a female could allow themselves to be themselves, really. Women are often seen as indecisive and as being too emotional. So I think that it's important for women to remember that they they need to really sit down, look at the big picture, understand how their decisions are going to impact the big picture, the future of their company or or their team or whatever it is, and and really assess everything before voicing their opinions and before making those those decisions. Um, you know, women can tend to respond from that emotional place very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And they can also tend to become emotional 
in public. And uh, that just doesn't serve anyone, that it can be perceived as a weakness, and we don't want our leaders to be weak. We want them to be strong, determined, and, and really um, be leaders. And so while it's important to embrace those feminine qualities and make decisions based on intuition as well as, as the facts, I think we need to sit back and take our time in doing that instead of just speaking off the cuff and mm-hmm. making decisions that are that are rash. Be confident in the boardroom. Remember to dress, not dress like a man, but create a presence, <laughs> right. you know? I mean, don't go in there in sandals, or, you know, that... The, the stilettos that are sandals and, and uh, you know, face full of makeup and, and things. You know, sure, you want to be feminine, but maybe tone it down a little bit so you fit in. Because, you know, the reason that women find themselves sitting in the back on the side, side chairs in the boardroom <laughs> is often because they look and feel different. They feel different about themselves. Hmm. And so to realize that it's not about necessarily being um, one of the men, but to embrace who you are and be confident in who you are and and to go in there feeling like you fit in. I want to go back to something you mentioned there about um, emotions. It's come up in some of our conversations here that if a male leader, you know, slams slams his hand on the desk, gets fired up, you know, it's seen as this positive rah-rah, you know, well, he's just, he's really into it. Whereas if a woman does it, oftentimes perception is seen as, you know, uh, there's a certain word that I'm not going to use on the air, but she's kind of a mm-hmm. witch in a way. Uh, wh- yeah. What do you think that is? How do we get away from that? Because clearly that's that's rooted in some of these stereotypes and, and the fact that, as you said, there aren't many role models for women to look at. But what do you do about that perception that they could do the same thing, but it's just taken completely differently? You know, a couple of things come to mind for me with that, Tim. First of all, is that oftentimes when women get riled up like that, they're seen as emotional because they do become emotional. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they can become tearful. Our voices can can quiver. You know, it's not done often with the same amount of um, confidence and determination as it is in, in the male. And again, that's because of the way that that brain is made up where the male can compartmentalize and not think of all of the extenuating circumstances sure. that could emotionally hit people, you know, based on their decisions. So I think it's, you know, taking a stance from a less emotional place, but that, yeah, you can be firm, you can be uh, passionate and energetic about something, um, but, but try and keep the the uh, outpouring of emotion in terms of, you know, the tears and the behavior uh, separate, you know, to let that go somewhere else. And that's not easy. And that is maybe stuffing a part of who we are. But let's face it, tears in a boardroom or tears from an entrepreneur in a sales meeting are inappropriate. (laughs) Yeah, that probably is not going to come across very well. Exactly. Yeah. And you've talked about a couple times uh, also the idea that there aren't a whole lot of role models to look up to because of this disparity in, in the percentage of male to females at the uh, top of the food chain, so to speak. How do you help women get past that? I mean, you're, you're coaching individuals who are looking into either being entrepreneurs or they are business owners. How do you get past that? How, where do you point them to to be able to look at someone and say, you know, this is where I want to be or this is how I'd like to be? Right. Well, I like to help women realize that they, they do have the same potential and power as their male counterpart. And what really stops women is a lot 
a, a lack of confidence. Hmm. And um, let's see, there was a study, let me remember if I can do the statistics. I think it was 197 countries and something like 67,000 women surveyed and 80-something percent of them, it was like close to 90%, came back that said they absolutely have a lack of confidence and some fear associated with professional growth. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, this was a very recent study. It was done in 2012. And, and so that lack of confidence comes from, you know, a number of different places. Women, you know, were used to staying home and raising our families. We're, we're still coming from generations. I mean, even our younger women are coming out of, of the home, the childhood home, with the belief system that further education is for men hmm. and that these boardroom and political positions are for men. We're still being taught that, if not verbally, then by our parents' actions. And so that's where it has to begin to change, is at home is that the young parents today have to start embracing that women have an equal potential to lead this world. And, you know, it's, it's going to be a life cycle here, a long life cycle before this changes. But there are also things that we take on voluntarily. Like there was a LinkedIn poll done uh, recently where participants said that the, the barrier to professional growth for women uh, first of all, the number one, 42% said it's it's due to institutional barriers, so that old boy network, hiring sure. practices, things like that. Mm-hmm. 26% said family is a bigger priority. And I think that's important to remember here, Tim, is that I don't think, this is my personal opinion, I don't have anything to back it up, but I don't think the same number of women are interested in achieving these leading positions as men. Hmm. You know, Men are the providers, right? Cavemen provided. They brought the food home. So I would question that we have equal statistics there, equal numbers there. Um, lack of workplace flexibility. Again, remember, women have children to raise, and, uh, and they need that flexibility, and it's just not built into our institutions yet. That lack of female role models, and this is a really important one, and this is one I see in my coaching all the time, women are less willing to take emotional risk. So they may, for instance, know something that's new trending in their industry and and have some ideas around it, but they're less likely to speak up around those ideas. Well, it is fascinating because a number of those ideas that you just brought up there, I feel they could be shows and topics on their own and really dig into those. So maybe we'll uh, we'll have to have another conversation about that. We are getting a little low on time, so I wanted to give you the opportunity just to we always like to give our guests a, the chance to give our listeners a, a takeaway, whether it be um, some other considerations about this topic that maybe you felt were important or any last piece of advice you could hand out to some of those aspiring female entrepreneurs out there or, or any individuals who are interested in those uh, high-level positions. Absolutely, Tim. This is my big one. Don't do it alone. Women think they have to take on the household, the child-rearing, everything, and their business or their professional career, and that they need to do it alone. And that asking for help is a sign of weakness. And it's not. Men have role models. Men have mentors. Men have a network. And women need to have the same. But again, they see it as a weakness. And so reach out. Get a coach. Get a male mentor. Get a number of mentors. Build a board of advisors. Um, Get a sponsor within your corporation. Don't try to do it alone. 
I think it's a great place to finish up. Marla, we definitely appreciate all your insights today. Thanks again for coming on. Uh, we definitely uh, love hearing this kind of thing from somebody as you, you talked about as uh, you have a passion about this. So we appreciate your insight. Thank you, Tim. It's been wonderful being here with you today. And that will bring this episode of Executive Decisions to a close. Again, we've been talking about the idea of women leading like women and some other of the aspects that go into that. Our expert on the subject today has been Marla Tabaka, who's, again, given us her perspective based on her years coaching women and also being a business owner herself. As always, we'd like to hear from you, the listeners, as well. So just send us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com if you have any comments or suggestions for any of our podcasts here at LJN Radio. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody.